welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 1% Podcast. I have another guest with me today, Carl Parker. Carl, I want to thank you for coming on today. Hey, how's it going? Let's see if you guys can see me. Are you seeing me? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you want to give a little introduction, background uh, on yourself before we start? Um, sure. Um, well, I'm originally from Brooklyn. Um, I live in different places, Montreal, Houston for a bit, but mostly New York. I started bodybuilding about like a year, a year and a half ago. Before that, I was into fitness, maybe for the actual fitness job, like maybe seven to nine years. Before that, um, regular workout stuff. I played sports as I was younger, so it just naturally came and stuff. But, you know, did the college, worked out a little bit, still like with the college lifestyle, but not so like afterwards. I really like focused in on that. But um, yeah, when, um, so I went to school and, St. Francis College downtown Brooklyn. I started as a pre-law major, then I switched to TV film and broadcasting, performing of the arts with a minor in creative writing. And um, yeah, from there, I just, um, yeah, went to do off-Broadway. Then from there, I started doing like TV work. And from doing TV, I did like a mixture of jobs between like cooking jobs and stuff like that. So like being in the middle between gigs and things. So it's not to like maybe several years after I actually got my first fitness job a kickboxing instructor and that led the way to everything else what would you say why would why did you make the switch from uh law to tv um it's interesting because um i always kind of enjoyed the law and stuff like that because i was like little i guess i used to always be in front of the tv and i used to like act like i was a lawyer i used to be in front of like like watching law and order always doing that so my parents used to always be like oh he's gonna be a, a little lawyer and stuff but just like I don't know. I just found it interesting. I like I like information and all that stuff, and just things about it just seemed interesting to me. So, um, yeah, I went to um, my first start of college. I was like pre-law, so I was working something called um, uh, fuck, what's the name? The Innocence Project, something mm. like that. And um, we were helping people that was wrong convicted. And um, even though it was like really gratifying and I enjoyed it, I realized that um, I would take my work home with me, and I didn't want to do that. I feel like the stuff was just so, um, it just stayed on me so much that every day after it would like continuously be on me, something like that. So I was like, my own, own mental well being, I took like the initiative, like, all right, well, I still want to do law, but maybe just not this. I still want to be able to help people, but like, this is like kind of too heavy or something like that. You know what I mean? So I decided to look in other realms of it, like uh, communication of the law, business of law, stuff like that, just like different realms. But during that time, I was also, um, I had to take an elective. So one of my friends told me to take an acting class. He was like, oh, it's an easy A, some shit like that. I'm like, hey, just chill around, play around on stage, just shoot the shit. I'm like, fuck yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get an easy A, fuck it, you know what I mean? But during this time, I was like, even though I was good in classes, I still had my rebellious side. So it's like one of those things, like, since I would retain information easily, sometimes I wouldn't show, sometimes I would. So it's like, eh, whatever, you know what I mean? But I was passing my classes. So I was like, I had that di- weird dynamic. So. I was doing, I finally signed up for the, um, the acting class and the teacher was actually 
she ran the head of the acting department in the college. It's called like the Troopers. They did like plays and stuff around college and all around. And I was in class one day. She asked me like, hey, um, you ever thought about being an actress and like that? I'm like, no. Like, it's just, just doing this for like an easy grade and stuff like that. She was like, well, you missed a couple of classes. I'll tell you this. If you try out for our play, I'll boost your grade up. And, you know, you'll get a, you know, you get a better grade, whatever that. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? She's like, there's some, there's like one or two lines of it. But I didn't know how much work would go into it because I never did like stage performance before. So it was like, it was like a lot of rehearsals. It was like two or three a day and stuff like that, just getting ready for it. But um, at first I thought it was a lot, but then getting into it, kind of like, it intrigued me. Just learning the different facets of it, like learning mannerisms, the difference between like how to present stuff, talking, all that stuff, like projecting your voice and just different things in general. And I always been into movies and filming stuff like that, but never thought of me doing it like that. So yeah, we was going through a lot of um, the practices and rehearsals and stuff like that for like three or four weeks. And um, yeah, I did my first show there. It was fun. Then I guess, um, I don't know, I kind of got the bug after that. So after that, um, after that play ended, it was about to be summertime, going into my sophomore year. And I was still doing some um, majority of my law classes and stuff, but I also started sprinkling more of the film side. So I did studies of film, directing, writing, stuff like that, just because I was just intrigued. So um, yeah, I just tried to get more information of that. And as I was getting more information of that, I kind of like slowly see myself tapering back from the law stuff. So um, as I was doing that, I just realized, um, I was talking to my professor one day, the, the one that got me to do the acting thing. We were just going over things. And she was like, so what really got you into law? Like she's next to my back. So I was like, yeah, I always wanted to do this since I was younger. Like, what made you think that? I was like, because I don't know, since I was a kid, I used to always pretend to be a lawyer. She said, what was he doing? I was like, I was in front of the TV acting like a lawyer. She was like, did you want to be a lawyer or did you enjoy pretending to act like a lawyer? And that kind of just fucked my mind up for a bit, you know. What I mean? So, uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know if she that was a trick if she got me or is something else subconsciously in me, something like that. But um, it worked. So I like, yeah, I just kind of went more all in. So once I decided what I wanted to do, I decided like, all right, this is what my main focus on. So I just wanted to learn all areas around it. So I studied like different stages of acting, different stages of film, um, writing, producing, like writing scripts and all that other stuff, camera edits, cameraing. Um, yeah, then I got into just the media aspect of it all. So during that time, I also got into like writing for my school's newspaper and doing reports and articles and stuff like that. And um, yeah, just kind of like flipped the switch. And um, once I knew I went, what I wanted to do, I didn't really care about much of the other stuff. So I just like, I want to be fully in it. So it's like I took some psychology classes, some just to learn how the mind thinks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, psychiatry classes, sociology classes, just everything in general, just to get as much information as I can as people, uh, manners and beings, and just the human mind and stuff like that. So I just like find that kind of shit interesting. So yeah, once it was time for me to um, finish off the school, I realized what I wanted to do. I just uh, went full force with it. So I started off doing off-Broadway plays, but you realize that it's great and it's like it's really worth it you gotta get to hone your skills to see how great you are but the pay is shit if it's off broadway so you can't really make any kind of living off of it <laughs> any kind of thing. I mean, they do give you stipends for like 75 dollars 50 dollars and stuff like that and all that. like you're really doing it for like the love of it 
and like get your resume up. So I was doing an off-Broadway then someone told me about um, TV work, about being an extra. Like the first time I ever heard of that, really. I didn't know, really know what it was. So yeah, I signed up for a place called Casting Networks, a feature casting, something like that. And I got like my first extra gig and stuff like that. It was some regular bullshit, just like walking across and things like that. Mm -hmm. During that time, it was kind of like another acting school for me because uh, I was able to sit down and like you know, watch productions happen, like major scale productions and stuff like that. So, and that's why I put that in my mind, like, all right, well, this is like part two for me, something like that. So now I get to like really be in it, be in it. So I really, um, yeah, I just took in all the information. I like, I got a, a, a lot of gigs doing um, extra work and featured work. Then after that, maybe in a year into it, I got eligible from a SAG after. That's like the Actors Union. Hmm. So, yeah. So I didn't realize how much of a big deal it was because I just got it. So I didn't realize how big it was. So I was on set and people started like, no. Trying to get my card been there for six years, seven years. I didn't get my SAG card yet. And I was like, oh, shit. And, but I didn't say anything out loud because I was like, oh, I didn't realize how big it was and like that. So I learned more about it and all the perks of it. Then, um, yeah, I signed up for SAG. And, yeah, I got one of my first roles was on the show Girls, then Orange is New Black, then Homeland. I got, like, several others after that. So I was balanced between um, doing shows and, like, living everyday life because, Acting is great, but it's not the most consistent thing all the time. So you have to make sure, like, if um, you have something else just in case. So during that time, I was um, I got my first cooking job, actually. Before that, I was working retail. And I got my first cooking job, actually, at a place called Sweet Green, the first one that opened in Nomad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was a prep cook there. And in a year and a half, I went from, like, line cook to second in the kitchen and stuff like that. So it's like, oh. So from there, I was just learning, okay, like, it's a new skill set. So um, I was being a cook and I just went to different places. Um, being a cook, I was a sous chef, chef, I worked in bars, gastro pubs, delis and stuff like that. Just like in a mix of like three or four years while acting. Cause one, I realized like it's the most flexible job. And two, I realized it's also a skill too because I got an acting job and they asked for people that had like culinary skills. Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a cook. <laughs> so yeah, I got paid more for that. So I was like, oh, one hand watches the other, like life imitating art or art imitating life, whatever they call it, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's one of those scenarios. And um, yeah, I went more into it. So sometimes I would take a little break because it's like, um, it's a really taxing job. Sometimes you're on set for like 12, 14 hours, something like that. And sometimes it's like, you just don't know. You're like on hold until they're ready to tell you you're good to go. And I don't know, maybe I'm just like an A for something like that, but I don't like my life being on someone else's terms like that sometimes. Mm. So sometimes I would like, I wouldn't take stuff in my own hands and have my like, my own shit and not have to worry about like, someone telling me like, okay, you're good now, you can make money now, something like that. Because acting such a, such a subjective game. Like acting, people think it's all about skill and it's not. It's about how you look, how you measure up to the person next to you, what they're looking for. Because mm -hmm. if, if they have a main character that's like my height is that and the third is like me, they're not going to cast me because of conflicting what they have, something like that. So sometimes it's not really about, people get that misconstrued when it comes to acting and TV and stuff a lot. Like, oh, if you're, it's gotta be the best, like, it's not the case. Sometimes it's about looks, sometimes it's about what's going on in the world around us. Like, for example, like, it's like three, four years ago, it was like the height of, um, not the height, but there was a big push about like, transgender and LTV, stuff like that. So TV reflects that. So a lot of the roles were based on stuff like that. But me being like a straight black guy, 6'2", whatever like that, I wasn't getting those kinds of roles, you know what I mean? So 
certain shows. So you have to be able to understand that kind of aspect and not put all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. That's when it comes to that. And during that time when I realized like how fickle it is, I also focused on creating my own content because that's not like me all, all, all around anyway. Like it's, it's, I always been into writing. Like I wrote short stories about it published in my college. I just, I used to write, um, for my friends' music videos, I used to write the, um, the blueprint and the scripts for them to like for it and stuff like that. So I'm just like, all right, let me focus on my content. Just do my whole thing also. But um, yeah, so I was doing acting and I did some print work and some fitness modeling stuff. But I say 2016 is when I really got like really hard into fitness. I was a um, kickboxing instructor for I Love Kickboxing. And um, yeah, that just started kind of my journey into like taking it seriously. Before I was like working out, but still partying, still drinking this and third. I was like, all right, let me see what I could do if I could get in the best shape of what I could do. So I kind of went, took myself into like um, fitness school. Like I YouTube a lot. Like I spent days and days and hours, maybe like seven to eight hours a day, something like that, just learning, watching different YouTubers, just learning information different workout techniques. I was reading articles, reading books. And when I started getting into fitness and being like a trainer, whatever like that, my thing was I wanted to be well-rounded because I used to come across people talking about sea train stuff like that. And say if there was um say if there was keto or something like that, they would know nothing about plant-based art. Say like there was some way they would like only tell people to do certain things. I didn't want that. I wanted to be well-rounded in everything mm -hmm. because everybody has different kind of lifestyles, something like that. So I'm like I'm always big on knowledge. The more knowledge you know, the better you're off. So during that time when I was going to my health thing, probably wasn't the smartest thing, but um, I put myself through each kind of diet or fad diet there was just mm -hmm. to see what works or what doesn't work or what my body responds to or like just getting information if I can give it the right way and to see what works. So everybody just tries diets and stuff, but there's no real diet that works for you. It's just like you take pieces of stuff, see what works for you and your lifestyle and you make it work. So yeah, I learned, I tried um, Mediterranean diet. I went vegan. I did uh, juice. I did partial juicing. I did uh, semi-keto. I mean, full keto. I guess that's Southwest diet, whatever like that's called. But um, yeah, I tried everything. I tried different workout techniques. I tried like everything from like um, Pilates to boxing to like biking and stuff like that. Like I just wanted to be well-rounded and everything. Just try to. So after two or three years of being an instructor, I kind of, um, I was getting paid hourly. And I realized like, I was kind of getting fucked because people would come to my class in bunches, but it didn't matter because I was getting a certain rate. Mm. I felt like I was, yeah, so I was like, ah, I know my work and shit didn't sit right. So um, yeah, I started like, so I started cutting down days over five days, I working like three or four. And then I started being like, um, I was doing contract work for other gyms. And once I realized I didn't really want to deal with people, with people, I took some of the money I saved from acting and from my job, and I bought this room in a warehouse and a whole bunch of equipment and put my own gym in there. Mm. I just train people. So I did that in 2016. I was 26 at the time, or 27, give or take, give or take 2017. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was doing that. To, um, I went to my own space so I can just train people, film my content and all that other stuff. So. I was doing that about for two uh, two years or so, two or three years or so. But then I was getting so many um, acting gigs and I was like, it doesn't make sense trying to balance them both. You know right. what I mean? Like it won't work. I could always come back to this, but one is making me way more money than the other one. And I live in New York City, so <laughs> I got to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so after a while, I just um, 
yeah, I still have most of the equipment and stuff like that, but I like cut down for a bit, just focusing on like acting and my other stuff. And so fast forward, fast forward, I was um I was doing that in 2018. I realized I wanted to still train people, but I didn't like living the life of the trainer, always going from person to person to person, or just being like that. Like I thought that shit draining. So I decided to start doing um online coaching because I saw some YouTube video like a while ago. So I learned that around 2017, 18. So I was doing that. I had like several clients. I was doing that. And 2018 going to 19, I was shooting um, two shows. One was Power Book 2 and the other one was the Wu-Tang show. And um, and COVID happened. Mm. All production shut down. So yeah, it was right back to like square one figuring things out again. So yeah, COVID happened. Uh, so I had time to think of like, all right, so what do I want to do? Like, well, I missed out on work. Luckily, they gave me a little a grant because of work that I would have had that I missed out. So that helped me down for a little bit. But I was thinking about, all right, so what, what I'm going to do now? Like, I got all my free time. Like, what's a passion project? Like, throughout the years, I have free time. I always do, like, passion projects, whether it was, like, paint and, like, exhibits or, like, ride or, like, try something new out. So I was like, oh, this is best, my best chance to do my bodybuilding show because I always wanted to do it. So might as well get my all focus into this. So while we were stuck home, I still had some equipment in my house and some stuff. I, I was going to the park outside and put stuff. So I was like slowly trained to, for my first men's physique competition. So I had a goal. My goal was to be top, place top five without a coach or anything, just like myself and everything I've learned. So the summer of like 2019 or 2020, I was like training in my career for the most part, eating, doing all that stuff. And the gym slowly opened up. And I started going back to the gym and I was training still like everything's trial and error because it's like everything I just learned off of YouTube and reading books. So my first show was supposed to be in May or whatever like that. So by that time I was dieting for like eight, nine months, start cutting down. But when I saw I was cutting down, I realized like, oh, I'm too skinny. I need to put on more size. So I was like, I need to be a little better. So I gave myself two extra months and then my first show in June. That show, I got eighth place. Like, okay, that's pretty cool, stuff like that. But the perfectionist in me wasn't happy because I was like, I wanted to get top five. But right. everybody else around me was like, bro, that's amazing. You did that eighth place by yourself in your first show and stuff like that. But I tried to take it in and stuff like that. But the little thing in the back of my head was like, nah, you didn't get your goal. So when I went back at it, the next, there was a show two weeks after in um, Pennsylvania. I went back down there and um, I got six. So during that time, it's been like maybe altogether a year of me dieting. So I was like, all right, I, I was spent. My body was like, by the time I already had like a little injury, like I, I got like a little hernia or some shit like that, some nonsense, but I still kind of like to break the push through. So I was like, all right, let me just take a break for now and like try again in the month. But um, that weekend was a Saturday and Monday. I was by a friend's house or an ex or like that that I was talking to. And I was like, man, I was so close, but I think I know exactly what I need to fix because everything was trial and error. And there's another show this weekend. And she was like, well, sign up for it. I'm like, you sure? She's like, fucking do it. She put out a computer and was like, go ahead. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. So it was Monday and the show was Saturday. So that week, so there's a thing called uh, peak week. It's mm-hmm. when you peak up for a show. So I went through my peak week again, um, set up for the show. And it was Saturday, the Garden State Classic in New Jersey. Yeah, I got fourth place. And I reached my goal. So, yeah, that was like a solid moment for me. I was like, I did it. You know what I mean? So, 
okay, enjoy it, breathe, and stuff like that. From that stuff, a couple of like sponsorships and other opportunities came. But um, I took some of it, but I didn't really want to take anything because in the back of my mind, I thought, well, if they're offering me this now and I didn't do much, what happens if I get more notoriety and do better? I'll probably get a better deal. So I was like, I'm gonna hold off, you know what I mean? Because I didn't want to just take anything that was just given to me. I was like, I'm big on betting on yourself. So mm. after I won the, um, that show, I just like, all right, what I'm gonna do next? Uh, probably go for my pro card because I'm eligible now. So I got an opportunity to move out to Houston to train and just focus on getting my pro card. So I moved out there for several months. But while I was there, um, I just had time to reflect and stuff like that. And it was like, I felt like I was rushing it. I felt like I wasn't where I needed to be yet. And I was just doing it just to do it because I said I would do it or I said I wanted to do it. And I took a step back and I was like, that's not the way I want to do it. Like, I don't want to go there and compete. I want to be the best. I want to be number one and they figure out who's number two and three. So I just wanted to be undeniable. So I decided to, instead of getting my pro card that year, to take the year off to just put more size on the rebuild and learn more. So I actually got a real coach and um, actually got a coach that, and um, yeah, took some time off, had an off season. And yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm about to go for my next show, then after that for my pro card. And um, yeah, that's about it. But yeah, I got a few offers for like um, different supplement stuff, but I just figured to myself, like if I just waited out, I didn't want to sign something that held me down for like two or three years for the value they see me at now, not knowing the value that I'm going to be. Because I know mm. my value. I know what I, I could be or going to be at my best. So I didn't want to take a deal now just to take it. Then later on in the month or so, I'd be like fucking tight because I lowballed myself or somebody else offered me something better. You know what I mean? So it's like, I right, just grinded that now and um, just had belief in myself that things will work out and everything's been working out since. I had like many sponsorships come ahead basically photo shoot and stuff like that. So it's just about like, yeah, embedding myself and uh, everything's working out. So yeah, I'm about to go for, uh, I'm about to do a show in August, get overalls and after that's my pro card. And um, yeah, probably a play show after that. Who influenced you to, to do bodybuilding? Was it something that you thought uh, about for a while or was it just something that somebody mentioned to you? No, so I guess, I guess initially it probably I didn't know shit about bodybuilding, but I, I think I've always been kind of intrigued with muscles since I was smaller. Like I was a group on like wrestling during, I yeah. guess, the uh, <laughs> steroids era. <laughs> the, the big guy. So I used to watch uh, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. I'd be doing like push-ups and eating candy, doing bullshit, you know what I mean? Pretending I was them, stuff like that. So I guess there's a mix of that. Um, when I, um, just lifting weights and stuff like that. But when I got to college, the first, uh, when the first movies they show us in weight class is pumping iron. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Pumping iron is always the first thing to show us. But the actual body build, I say, I was intrigued by their physiques and their body stuff like that. But I didn't have an idea to body build. So um, doing men's physique came out. And I was watching a YouTuber called uh, Christian Guzman. Mm -hmm. He did something called summer shredding. And I was watching his thing. He was like getting ready for like a competition, something like that. But it was like, it was like men's physique. I've never seen men's physique. I just always saw open bodybuilding. In my mind, I was like, I'm not big enough to do that. But when I saw men's physique, I was like, oh, I'm in enough shape to do that. You know what I mean? I think I could pull that off. And I was just like, yeah, just watching him work towards it and like the transformation of the body. I think that's what really got me. Like the thought of being able to transform your body on your own, just the art of it and just that in the third. So I was like, 
that captivated me. But then I used to also watch stuff like Steve Cook and all that stuff. But the bodybuilders that really got me was like, I used to um, just watch like Arnold, Dexter Jackson, Sergio Nubre, Sergio Oliva, just like different posing. And just like, I found it like, like art, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I guess that kind of got me more into bodybuilding. But the thing that got me to do my first competition was definitely a, a YouTuber by Christian Guzman. He was like alpha and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I watched him in 2016 and I learned all that stuff. Like, oh, then um, Steve Cook and Sadiq Hazik, Sadiq or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, they got me into like wanting to do mental physique. And then that opened me up more into like bodybuilding and stuff like that. Because I always thought about bodybuilding, but I just kind of thought like me and my side. Because when I was doing like the acting and all that stuff, I was. I was like 180, 190, so I had to stay a slender frame if I don't get typecasted. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had to make sure to do that like in my head because I was naturally a big guy, but I didn't want to get typecast in a certain role. So I just made sure I stayed lean like year round so I could have more variety in my roles. But since I wasn't good from acting, I was able to like put on more size and get like my natural size, which is like maybe 200 pounds or 210, something like that, then slowly gain more. But yeah, I was like, yeah, that. Watch a lot of Generation Iron. That that kind of gave me extra spark. Watching like Phil Heath and Kai Green and all that other stuff, like that movie. Like, I think Generation Iron is what really gave me the push. Just like, no, nah, I'm gonna do this. Watching that movie, like, yeah, <laughs> like, all those crazy, yeah, French Warren and shit. What what goes into bodybuilding show prep? Like, what what is that process looking like? All right, so depending on where you at physically, a, a prep could be anywhere from. 12 to 14 weeks is a, a regular prep. Some people do it longer. Some people do it a little bit shorter, depending on how much good shape you're at. But um, so like, there's like different phases of it. There's like the small growing phase of trying to put on muscle and stuff like that. Then like for the four, first like four or five, six weeks and like that, then it's like the cutting phase. Mm. So each week you start cutting weight down, stuff like that. Then um, they, I start off with like, 50 grams of fat, 350 carbs, and 300 protein. By like maybe like two, three weeks in, the carbs will go down to like 275. And slowly go down to like 240, 240. Like the deeper you get into it, the more you have to like cut and sacrifice. And you have to eat like legit five, six. That's the hardest part about it. People think it's the training. It's not the training, it's the eating. You have to legit eat like you know, four, five, six meals a day from day. All your protein, all carbs in. Like people think like, oh, People are like, oh, how do you get big? Just eat. And it's like, you can't eat whatever. You can lift all you want, but if you eat whatever, it's not going to be the same as if you eat like the cleaner foods you're supposed to eat. So it's not just about eating foods, it's about eating the right foods. Mm. Like macro nutrition food, like sweet potatoes, potatoes, um, oats, chicken, ground turkey, fish, and stuff like that, like real food. Because if you think you're just going to get big with eating like, oh, macaroni and burgers, stuff like that, you'll put on size, but mostly put on fat. So when you diet down again, you still be the same size as before. You just look bigger. So it's like it's kind of like um, a mind fuck if you do it the wrong way. But yes, yeah, it's, it's like you have to stay on point with the eating, the food. Like you're living a regimented lifestyle for at least three or four months. It's not for everybody. Like you have to be like a little bit mentally not right to do it because it's like <laughs> the restriction of it in lifestyle. And also, you have to be selfish because there'd be times where you have to be like, no, I can't go there, or no, I can't deal with that because mentally is going to take me away from what I need to focus on, or you have to be disciplined, like, oh, I can't have that. Even though you might want, oh, because people are like, that's not no big deal to have a little piece, but that little piece could add to another little piece, or you might think that's the 20 calories could add to, like, another 100 or 200, and it overflows, you know what I mean? So, 
it's a lot of discipline and it's a lot of everything's regimented. Like your days are regimented. Like you can have like a couple times for a week. They probably maybe have like do whatever you want, but for the most part, if you want to be great in it, you have to be disciplined and regimented because everything is basically planned out. It's like you have to be able to be able to sacrifice and being okay being lonely sometimes because it's a selfish sport. Especially if you have a significant other or people around you, like some people might understand it, some people might not, but you have to realize you're doing it for yourself. But yeah, it's a really selfish sport, but it's um yeah. It's great <laughs> if you can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's rough. It's hard. It really is, because it's just everything is just discipline. It's a sport of discipline. As somebody who hasn't ever bulked or cut, what would you say is the hardest thing about both of them? Um, uh, also, too, I would have f- for the listeners, bulking is eating a surplus of your normal calorie intake and cutting is eating less than your normal calorie intake for just some of those people that are listening that may yeah, not right. know. Yeah. Um, so what would you say would be the hardest about both of them? I'll say the hardest part about bulking is the eating. Because at first, for the first week or months, it's fun. Like, oh, shit, I get to eat the fat third. But having to eat that much every day for three to, three to four months, stuff like that, you get tired of eating. You don't want to. So it comes to a point like, okay, it's a job. Like, you have to eat something like that. Like, you have to get the meal down. Sure, you can, like, find ways to, like, mix it up. And, but you still have to get majority of the same amounts down. So eating is legit the hardest part. And knowing, I would say, so there's dirty bulk and there's clean bulk. And I would say for the most people, if you're just starting off, find something right in the middle. Let's try to stay clean because the more you dirty broke, it's the more weight you have to lose. So if you're like dirty bulking and you get up to like, say 260 or like, say you, how much you weigh right now? Uh, last time I checked, I think 200. All right. So say you dirty bulk into two, 220, 230 or whatever like that. But you may look at your big stuff like that. But when you start dieting down, you're probably going to see that you probably need more muscles like that. But when you have, when you put on so much weight, it takes longer for you to take it off. People don't realize that. Like, you can put on weight like this, but it take off the weight. It's a yeah. lifetime. So you're making your, you're making your prep longer than it has to be or more harder than it has to be. So now, say if you give yourself extra weight to lose, you have to do extra cardio. Maybe you maybe you have to do an hour before, but now you have to do two. If you have to die too, if you die too hard, you're gonna most likely lose muscle because if you're like doing a lot of cardio and like trying to starve yourself like that, your body's gonna feed off into the muscle, not just the fat. Mm. So you have to know exactly like the probably the best way to do it. So I'll say the hardest part about bulking is actually eating, but eating the foods that you have to eat, not the foods you want to eat. Right. You know what I mean? That's the hardest part to do it consistently. Like. Like I, some days I don't even want to look at chicken. Like this shit is fucking annoying. But you know what I mean. But I gotta do it sometimes. So I look at management with that. And the hardest part about the dieting part is um, when you get really deep in it, like it's just about willpower. That just getting through the days. Like the, sure you get hungry and stuff like that the first few weeks. But we get like two or three weeks out. That's when it really starts testing patience because sometimes you're going to sleep hungry. You have to like kind of fight that feeling, something like that. Right. You drink a lot of water and stuff like that. Sometimes you get aggy. So right. you have to understand that like people like uh, are not trying to bother you, but it's you. So mm-hmm. you have to catch yourself sometimes when you get like aggravated or some shit like that, angry or something like that. And also people don't want to speak about, but um 
you don't have energy for much. So you conserve your energy, especially stuff that you probably like to do. Like, if you think you're going to be dieting, having a whole bunch of sex, you fucked up. It's not <laughs> happening, bro. <laughs> that libido, especially if you're down to uh, like a low body fat, that shit is, that shit is, yeah. Nah, it's not the case. So yeah, the leaner you are and the lower body fat you have, that's the more tiresome your body gets. So it starts just going off of energy. So yeah, certain aspects of your life you probably did before, you won't have the energy to do during that time. So that's the most, that's the, I think that's the hard part with that. And like, just, it depends on what your daily life is. Like if you have a job and you're out and about, you have to understand like being able to like take your food with you or knowing what to eat at certain places, something like that, or not understanding certain stuff. Like if somebody could cook stuff and you don't realize they pit like, they cook it with a whole bunch of oil and stuff like that. And you think, oh, it's just chicken. But not knowing they like put like 14 grams of olive oil right that right there, that's 30 grams of fat, 30 grams of fat that you didn't account for. So it's gonna affect your physique. So everything is about, about being being mindful. You have to be mindful all the time, especially like that. So when it's dieting, it's like, yeah, it's just mind over matter. You just have to get through it. Of course, it's gonna be days you slip, but I say when those days happen, just shake it off. Don't the next day try to do like crazy extra cardio don't try to like don't be down yourself like oh already fucked up let me just eat some more mm-hmm. nah because that's when the binging starts happening and stuff like that so i think that's like the hardest things i think you have to really look out for just being aware of yourself like understanding like uh you might be getting agitated for some little things this that and the third um make sure to stay hydrated some of that to keep you full and stuff like that but also just um yeah, try to get your meals in, but um, conserve your energy. It, it wanes on you. Yeah, so I'll say that's the big part. How have much, everything in line. Oh. Now I was going to say have everything in your life aligned because you can try to, and prep it. Bodybuilding is an expensive-ass sport for fucking a trophy. Trust me, it's like a really expensive-ass sport. And like, the desire is enough, but the food is a lot, the supplements and all the other stuff. So I would say, along, aside from that, just make sure your mental is right because if you're like in a relationship or you're in like something that's not good with you mentally, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your workouts. It's going to affect your day. And unfortunately, you're going to have to compartmentalize stuff, like separate things and stuff like that. So I'll say that's the biggest thing, trying to balance out personal relationship also while you're dieting for a relationship, stuff like that. Because you could be working out and you get a text from your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the case is, and that throws you off your workout, then your whole workout's fucked up. But you can't have those in your prep because you're working towards a goal. So you have to find a way to be like, all right, you have to be able to put that to the side or find a way to deal with that kind of shit. But you have to solve about mental focus thing to be eyes and prize. Interesting. I didn't know it was that many uh Actors I didn't know there were yeah. so many, so many parts to it. Um yeah, I just really you know, because I'm on uh TikTok and you know it social media and I see you know people doing it, but I don't really know the mental effects, the, you know, emotional effects, spiritual effects, all of that plays a part into really succeeding in, in this sport. And obviously, like you said, it's, it's an extremely individual sport and it's really all on you. So discipline plays a very, very big part. And, you know, I'm obviously a person that's very big on discipline myself, where to the point that, you know, your discipline can affect your success or not, you know, what you do in your day to day, what you do, over a day span can now in return a year later, two years later, when you're at this show or at this event or whatever, and it presents itself. Now you have to be able to show out, you know, because I feel as if proper 
preparation, you know, you will never have to get ready if you are ready, you know? Facts. So yeah. making sure that you're staying to your plan, sticking to your plan is the biggest thing. Now I want to end with these uh, quick three questions and these could be rapid fire or, you know, a little bit I of explanation. Uh, yeah. Rapid fire works if, if you want to. Um, who, what is one brand that you would want to work with in the future with bodybuilding? One brand, huh? Oh, jeez, that's a fucking great ass question. Um, I'll say, I'll say it's other, I'll say it's half half. It's other, huh? That's a really fucking good ass question. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about it. But see, there's so many brands by it. So you're talking about like maybe like clothes wise or like um, uh, protein and stuff or like uh, supplement wise. Both, both so, works. Both works. Um, supplement wise, I guess my favorite supplements is. I don't know. I can't say anything. I had some old sponsors before, so I don't know if they can come back. But. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll say probably like maybe like Young LA or Alpha Elite. I would say that because yeah, the clothes is cool and all that, but their reach is huge. Mm -hmm. And I have like certain goals and stuff I want to do and stuff like that. So I figured like them, me liking their stuff and also them having a big reach, I can also use that as a platform to like do other bigger, better things. You know what I mean? So I guess like the connection to that kind of brand, but yeah, probably some shit like that. Right. I haven't really thought about it like that. That's a good ass question. Fuck. Come back to that. <laughs> what's a what's a show you'd want to be casted in right now? Oh, a show I want to be casted in right now. God damn it. Uh I just finished watching a show on Hulu called Dope Sick. That was great. But um, damn, right now. Wow. You have some good ass questions. I fucking wish I had these questions right now if I could think about them beforehand. <laughs> um the boys. Okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. If you could, if you could work out with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? Well, not Ronnie Coleman, fucking crazy guy. But um, <laughs> uh, Kobe. Okay. I want to thank you for coming out. Where can they find you on social media on any platform? Oh uh, well, so my Instagram is um at city c-i-t-y underscore parker that's where like majority of my stuff is it's gonna be a link tree there to my other sites which is coming up soon i just took like a break in social media like a blackout thing just uh focus on my goal and like the competition so now i'm coming back with it to get more content and i still i'm still on it like mostly instagram like give a lot of content there but there'll be more stuff coming up so that's the best way to find me now then that'll lead to the other stuff carl i want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to come on here and just, you know, get us to know a little bit more about you. And after the pro card, I would definitely want to be able to have a part two to this, you know, how it went, some things that you learned and everything of that nature. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's a pleasure. And I uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love to see it. And I'm um, going to go far. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you, bro. Everybody is listening. I want to thank you guys for coming out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys for everything that you guys do. This is the 1% podcast. I'm out.